I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> hey, 2018 will be here soon enough. It's going to be the blackest year ever. They don't even know. Black people are I, I, currently I, 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 in the you, gym go, getting you ready. You already know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Look, big freedom, big yeah. freedom. That's Listen. why Trump is trying to blow up the world. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see? Happen. Wait, some, one of my peeps tweeted Ava and said, "If this world goes wrong, can you like let us see a streaming of A Wrinkle in Time early?" Wow. Like wow. black people, serious. Like, look, like, we need our entertainment. Listen, yes. you got Pacific Rim is coming out pretty soon, and Hi John Boyega. Stop it. Moisturize. Yeah. Moisturize. He's so moisturized. So y'all, y'all see how we do it on the rent room? Oh my god. On this show we discuss entertainment tv film music culture but our focus is always screenwriting stories craft and shit like that so y'all hear the wu-tang clan in here today <clears throat> lisa lisa colt jam <laughs> sam miller sci-fi writer mm-hmm. author pimp dog he himself to come in another episode so. well i i did bogart the end of his episode hey, hey it was man. amazing <laughs> <laughs> chris derrick over there from the writing directing team of the derrick the brothers derrick what's brothers. up what's up what's up people and big bro on. to all of us. No, stop it. Showrunner himself. That just yes. means I'm old. The I'm OG. just older than everyone. That's all. Author, producer, writer, showrunner, like I, I said. See, I God damn. Jeff because I know How every, many hyphens you got? Everywhere <laughs> I go, I see Jeff. Like, literally, you can turn on Grind. TV, there's Jeff. Right. You know, on TV. And it's right. like, Trying to eat, trying to eat, trying right. to eat. Stay grinding, right? Stay grinding, you know, right? Books, everything. Mm-hmm. Stay grinding. Mm-hmm. Jeff Thorne, everybody. What's Hello. up, man? Hi. Welcome to the show, everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's start with you, Jeff. So what you, what you been up to? Why you been hiding from well, the other stuff? I've been hiding he because... He got no job. He been busy. He ain't doing nothing. The Marvel Entertainment Security Forces <laughs> have me locked in my basement <laughs> with a freaking gag on my mouth. Not so, allowed so that's to... that's what that drone is outside. That's that that's drone. Right. That's yeah. a drone. I am not breaching my NDA. I am not breaching my NDA. You can go back to base camp. Damn. <laughs> the floating uh, drone outside. What they did announce at the San Diego Con, mm-hmm. uh, I'm <laughs> running the Black Panther... Um, the Avengers cartoon is being transformed into the Black Panther cartoon for the next season. Nice. Uh, is not, that a trip that we just started saying Wakanda when this motherfucker came on? Okay, you know what? You know what? <laughs> 2018 <laughs> might as well just be called Wakanda. Yes. Yeah, well we said we're going to say it all the way through we're the gonna movie. We're going to say look. Yeah, shit. Look. People you call don't me on my Hello, Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, people don't <laughs> know. Go to McDonald's. Can I serve you? I have a big There Wakanda. are people yeah. who suddenly got the urge to get in shape. They don't know why. Yes. They don't realize what they're getting in shape for. Okay. 
okay? Yes. Um, this is since Juneteenth. Yes. There has not yes. been a bigger festival than what's going to happen okay. when this thing comes out. Oh, um, and I'm not talking about my cartoon. I'm talking about the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but in light of that, mm-hmm. Marvel has also transformed the Avengers show into Black Panther's Quest for this season five. It's you call it season one, I guess, if it keeps going that way. Okay. That's not up to me. I think we're going to call it season one. I don't know anything about that. That's just my own personal speculation. Right. Um, but, yeah, so I've been doing that for the last... Jesus, it seems like a year, maybe mm-hmm. more than a year. Because you've been on lockdown. Yeah, he's been on yeah. That's right. That's why I disappeared. We just knew you was doing some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell you anything except what the NDA is very, very, very strong <laughs> and very specific. So I'm, I'm literally only allowed to talk about the things that the public already knows about, which means, one, yes, mm-hmm. it is me. I am, yes, running right. the, the writing side of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can we just, talk about how that came to you and all the stuff like that? Uh, we can talk a little okay. bit about that. I don't think that's covered. Okay. Uh, but he got uh, me nervous now because I'm, like, I'm like, I feel like at any moment, trust me, a dart's gonna fly in the side of my yeah. neck, yeah. <laughs> or the chip we'll they implanted okay. in your body. That's exactly right. If, if my neck starts, if the veins in my neck start throbbing, <laughs> back up. Um, but no, it's pretty. It's um, and they they released a bunch of the, the new character designs at New York Comic Con. Yes. So that's all over the web right now. I can I can. Sort of talk about what you've sh- been shown. Anything that's public, I can discuss to some degree. Mm-hmm. Nothing that's not public can be discussed. So that's <clears throat> I can't tell you who's on staff. I can't tell you storylines. I can't sure. tell you any of the actors. Do we know who the actors are? Can you draw doodles? No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Tell can you, you take that red vine and twist actors. it into? <laughs> <laughs> you can draw your own. What's the name of the show? Can you sit? No. <laughs> Black Panther Quest or Black Panther's Quest? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've decided. I don't. That's above my pay grade. Mm. Back up, drone. Back up. <laughs> I didn't say any names. <laughs> oh, so that's that. Um, and yeah, it came about this way. Um, I'm a live action writer, novelist, whatever, but really I've done some animation, but I largely did it as a hobby activity. I know that sounds weird. I really love it. I'm eating because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> I really love animation. I thought he was going to say, I really love red vines. <laughs> I really love red vines. So you got these red vines. Twizzlers, you, oh, you need to God. die. Oh, yes. Red vines is everything. I feel like there's room in this world for both. No, there's oh, not. Yes. There is not room we, for Twizzlers. We're on the side of, we can have we, all what we that want. Is your, that is you've been corrupted by Twizzler propaganda. So look, look, right. you know you got Chris here. Whatever. So every, every time Chris directs, and his writer, he's got to have his damn twist. I got to well, get his ass. I hope you've been They've gotten to him. Everything. They've gotten to him. I don't know my if that's even Chris. I mean, like, I'm on set, except, except my brother put him in the script or, 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 or to be on the, you know, sitting there. It's in the, in the, They're corrupting you, son. Set design somewhere. They're there. Just have it there. And then a picture of Jeff right next to the Twizzlers. Like, don't like, eat these. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, for many years, I just love, I love good animation, uh, especially adventure animation. Um, obviously, uh, Legend of Korra, mm-hmm. uh, Avatar is probably... So fucking good. Oh, my dear God, right? <clears throat> uh, it's the Battle of the Planets. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that I got into when I was a kid. But I didn't become an anime head like a lot of people do. I don't love anime as a medium mm-hmm. or, pardon me, as a, it's not even a genre. It's just what Japanese right. people call animation. Right. Mm-hmm. But their style, I like it, but I don't invariably like it. I like a show here, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm, movie there. Mm-hmm. I don't just like it because it's freaking anime. Right. Okay. Um, but it did get me into a different head early enough to not just go, oh, Disney for movies, cartoons or Hanna-Barbera and Ruby Spears or whoever. And I started looking at the quality of individual shows very early. So by now, where I'm wildly out of the demo, um, I'll sit and I will not watch a Game of Thrones episode if Korra's up. 
Mm. Like, really? I'm like that. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, I participated in a couple of shows over maybe 10 years. I wrote, you can write animation much more quickly than you can live action. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a simpler, in some ways, the, it's entirely free. The scripts are shorter, too, right? Scripts are shorter. Yeah. Obviously, the stories are, by definition, somewhat simpler in mm-hmm. most cases, although Young Justice, Justice League, Korra, yeah, like, yeah. these, are, these are very well-crafted, high-end shows. Mm-hmm. Steven Universe, my God, possibly the best written show on television. Um, uh, Gravity Falls, why are you a genius? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a genius like you. Right. But... Um, these are shows that, from my writer head, it pings. Mm-hmm. I'm going, okay, look, look what they just did. I don't think the kids get it, but I damn well bet those <laughs> right. grown-ups in the room understood what the mm-hmm. hell was being discussed. Right. right. Um, and so every, occasionally I have friends on that side of the business. Right. And they're like, hey, you love this crap so much, you want to come write one. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, and that turned into, a, like, my hiatus activity would be from, like, uh, the librarians or leverage right. goes down or uh, Law and & Order and... I would be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do a Ben 10. Right. And that ended up adding up to a and, lot. And, and reps ain't always happy that you're going to do no, shit No, like there was other. a lot of like, why are you doing all this animation? I'm like, I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> you better cash that check and keep walking. Right. You right. got a commission, didn't you? Stop right. talking. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I just like it. And then right. you don't get residuals. It's very freelancer. It's not like writing live action in mm-hmm. many ways. But at the end of it, I had, uh, racked up enough sort of animation points that you could consider me an animation writer if you wanted to because there's just enough credits. And also, a lot of people I started out with only do animation. Then They wanted to do animation. That's all they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So they're now in a position to hire people rather than just being freelancers and occasionally I get that call. So that said, uh, I worked on a bunch of Ben 10 episodes because Dwayne McDuffie was running it and he liked my work. Um, And then... uh, people who had been on staff with me at that time, now they're showrunners. So mm-hmm. not, not now, but like since mm-hmm. then, they've become showrunners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them just gave me a call, are you free? Uh, for many years, I said no, <laughs> partly because of the advice of my, right. uh, mm-hmm. my management. Idiots. And, uh, um, you're, you're allowed to say that? Yeah, <clears throat> well, they're idiots. not my current <laughs> um, They're my former management. Um, and then I had a bad year where I didn't get staffed. And... My wife was like, you know you're going to need to start saying yes this year, right? I was like, who are you, woman? How did you get into my office? <laughs> um, and that was a year. Last, before this job, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm in demand, but I have a, I have a set of people who like my work. Right. So, Which is what you need. That's so they call need, right? me occasionally. Let's put it like this. I do what they used to call boys' adventure. I just call it adventure. Right. They used to call it boys' adventure. I don't know why they made that distinction. It is not my distinction. Right. Um, Girls kick a lot of ass as well. Right. Um, but um, so when those kind of projects run around, sometimes I'll get like a random call, right? This year, I had said no so many times that people were a little bit more like, are you free? Are you free, man? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm wildly free right now. My last <laughs> co-EP job just fell apart. So no, I can do anything you want. And I figured I had spaced out. I, took, I said yes to three different jobs, three different TV series, mm-hmm. right? One I can't talk about because of NDAs. It hasn't right. even arrived yet. Uh, one is currently on Amazon called Nico and the Sword of Light. Okay. Oh, cool. um, awesome. <laughs> and, um, and then there was some Spider-Man stuff of the old version of Spider-Man that is not currently in production. It's a mm-hmm. new version that I'm not on that. And I said yes to everything, mm-hmm. thinking they'd space out. 
but they didn't. They all decided randomly. They We're all going to come out on Tuesday. <laughs> they're all going to come out. They're all going to have their production schedules basically matched. They're going to line up. Wow. So I wrote 25 scripts for three different shows. Oh, that's no. Oh, that's when scripts. I was like, where are you at? Like, bitch, 25 right. scripts. <laughs> at the same time, Marvel, Con- Marvel Comics contracted me to create Mosaic for them right. and write solo. So I wrote 25 <laughs> scripts in five months for four five four different companies um and i would post them on my twitter that was my mm-hmm. contact that was my contact on twitter script number 17 yep. out the door yep. and people were like what the hell are, how are you doing this yep. right well i think what happened after uh, by the way don't do that <laughs> don't do that he still ain't went on vacation don't, like, do, that. don't do that vacation <laughs> what do you mean you would talk to jefferson like, when he hear nothing on the text right, yeah. like, no man nope. don't right. i hadn't seen any movies right. i barely i'm still catching up on my tv shows from that year mm. uh, <laughs> You think I'm kidding. I'm really not kidding. Um, I totally believe that. But what happened was, I think, because people were literally, like, my close friends were emailing me, like, are you really doing this? Is this not a, is this a bit? You know? And I'm like, this is, is not this a, bit. a bit. This is not a bit. Stop talking to me. I have writing to do. Okay. My wife was like, bathe. Because <laughs> a minute ago, you wanted me to work. Right. Now you want me to like, bathe. Wait. What wait. Is She's like, shave. Cut your hair, right. bathe. Damn, in that order, bitch. Whatever, no, whatever order. Uh, I now have to go to some disaster area because she does disaster relief. When I get back, I expect to find my husband here. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. this homeless man, I did not marry. <laughs> okay. okay, right? You and people are laughing because they think this is an exaggeration. Was, you, she throw, was she throwing coins on your you table? Did you ever see The Caveman's Valentine? Yes. yes. That was yes. my documentary of my life. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, man. So, whatever. So, it was a really weird... But at the end of it, one, you learn a lot about your writer's stamina. It wasn't something... I'd already contracted. I had to do these things. Right. It wasn't my option to say no anymore. I'd already said yes. Uh, so, you had to do them. And I did them. And at the end of it, I think I took two weeks in a coma. Mm-hmm. But it was... I thought I was just goofing around. I was just like, this will make it... Sort of like a fun thing to be able to go, ha ha, episode right. 25, right? right. right. Um, but at the end of it, a lot of people saw what was happening. And so I got a call from a guy at Marvel. I won't say who because I'm not sure I'm allowed to. Um, and they were like, we'd like to have a meeting about a meeting about a meeting we'd like to have with you. <laughs> And I was like, hold on, hold on. Say that again. That's just funny. We would like to have a meeting about a meeting about a meeting we'd like to have with you. And I was like, I, okay, whatever, let's go. You're, you're buying me lunch, right? And they're like, yeah, because all, it's all boils down to who's right. buying me lunch. But um, so the first meeting was. So, I want some yeah. lobster bisque with that. So, right? <laughs> so the first meeting was, and if you're listening, you know who you are and you know this is true, so don't, don't yell at me. Um, the first meeting was just sort of a feel out meeting. Like, was all that true on the web? Right? And I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, yes. Look at my hands. Um, and he's like, wow, okay. So blah, blah, blah. And we just talked about nothing. And I'm at the, in the middle of this. I'm like, so what is this about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't talk to you about it. I just want to feel out your basic, where you are in your career right now, what your plans are, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, right, it's, I, it's plan, a date. To, I, I <laughs> plan to work and eat. That is yeah. my plan. Um, he's like, all right, so um, you, you, you're not opting out of animation in the near future? I'm like, I'm not opted in. I'm not opted out. It's a project by project. You know, if I think it's cool, I'm on. If, if, if you invite me and I think it's cool, I'm on. If you invite me and I think it's ass, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. He's like, great. We're going to have another meeting. And I was like, about what? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. About right. So we have that other meeting a couple of weeks later. Um, so I've been talking to some people at Marvel about you. Your name's come up on a project. And I was like, 
can you name the project? No, I cannot name the project. Damn. Um, can you tell me in what context my name has come up? No, I cannot tell you what context my name, your name has come up. But if it were a long-term project, would you be capable of participating? And I, would, and I said I would have to know at what level I would be participating <laughs> and for how long and all these details. Can't tell you any of that. Um, but <laughs> hypothetically. That's like a silent lunch, right. wasn't it? Can, like, you, just, can you just commit? Well, right. commit to what? Commit to what? Am I being a bus driver for a bunch of actors? I mean, like, what am I committing to? Right? So, but in theoretically, you could say yes to a, 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 full, a full animation project. Mm. And I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> right, so I can't tell you. But at the next meeting, which this meeting is about, I'll be able to You're give you all the so details. You're getting the so meeting. close yeah, Exactly. At some point, you'll know what the meeting's about. That's why you stay in the game. Right. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so the third meeting did, was not just him. Um, it was more people. And now I you're like, in the conference I know what the real meeting people, right? is, uh-huh. right? And I'm like, it's Black Panther, right? And they were like, what? Yet, God! <laughs> Who told you? you? Like, I am not a moron. I'm one of like four of me in animation right, right now. And the best one of us is dead. Dwayne <laughs> <Okay>. McDuffie. <laughs> Listen, my friend Dwayne listen. McDuffie died, Dwayne and if he were alive, yeah, right. we would not all be here today. Right, right, he would have right. made this offer, whatever right. it is, to him. Right? And they're like, "You're so cynical," and I'm like, "I'm really not cynical at all. Look at this I'm face." Right? Yeah, I'm just telling you how I'm, I'm like the least cynical person down. you'll ever right. meet. Right. But um, so whatever. So is it is it that? Like, are you guys doing a Black Panther show? Or you know, there's a good, something to tie in, something special to tie in with the movie? And they're like, "Stop talking," all right? And I'm like, "Okay." Right. And um, it's like, snap. Right. And they're like, yes, it's a version of the Black Panther. Uh, we're going to turn the Avenger show into that for this season. We want to focus on the one Avenger, the Black Panther. The other Avengers will be in the show to some degree, I suppose, up to you in a weird way because we haven't fleshed anything out. But you're a live action writer and you know how animation works. If you do this, you take yourself off the board for a year. Right. Because it's. You've got to ferry it all the way to the right. end. Like right. literally almost right before broadcast, you're still tweaking. Mm-hmm. Right? I was like, but you had me a Black Panther, so I don't know why we're all still talking. Right? <laughs> you're like, I was like, okay, I don't right, know any caveats. Like, I don't even know caveats. You see They're written in Wakanda. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, so basically it was a yes. And then I stepped fully into a world that I'd really only been a freelancer in, which is not knowing the world. Like, mm-hmm. I've never really been a manager in that sense. I always had a couple of people above me that was implementing their plans rather than my own, right? But luckily you have that on set yeah. producing it's thing, helpful. Right? There are certain aspects of working at that level of animation which are not intuitive for a live-action right. writer, and I certainly made mistakes. I'm mm-hmm. not that idiot that lies and says, oh, I've swanned in and my, my fabulous training and all these other, <laughs> you know. No, I was an idiot. Yeah, I crashed into walls. Shit, right? I, uh, <laughs> I probably offended a couple of people, right. but only through ignorance. It was not through malice or um, any sort of negativity. It was just there's a bunch of things that they take for granted that I was like, huh, what? Mm-hmm. You know, and we corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now running to the right on the edge of what I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah. So let me lean over in case that dart comes right. flying yeah. through. <laughs> if they take you, you down, what? get off the. Shrapnel. You should just get off the tightrope. That's all you gotta do. Just, 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 <laughs> just fall. Just fall or finish. Just, well, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm proud of it. I can say that. Mm. Um, I know, and we can tell you are because you are. I'm excited and proud about so it. So excited. Uh, I. I the one thing, like, um, they just released the, the char- some of the character designs at the right. New York Comic Con. I think th- they're lovely. Uh, you can draw your inference from brand new character designs, what that might mean for any right. future show you might see. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm not telling you what to infer. 
but you may just go, go go online and go look at yeah, it. Right. Newsarama and Bleeding Cool mm. have. Okay. You, put, you posted some on on your Instagram, didn't you? Not on my Instagram. No, maybe somebody else. I, Mine I, is just my own art. Yeah, I would have seen it. Um, uh, yeah, I have a question. Um, if you can, can you say who did the character designs, or is that something uh, you, can, you can't do? L- no, I can't because I might get it wrong. There's two. There's this one lady who I think did them. Uh, <laughs> I think, and her name's Grace Liu. And she's amazing. She's in my um, Twitter feed. Mm. She's literally amazing. Every time I see her post something, I write, I quit. (laughs) So I think it's Grace. I think it's Grace, but it might not be. There's a couple of people in that pool that they use, Mm -hmm. and they have slightly similar styles. So, Grace, I love you. You don't know me. I'm not stalking you. You're just fucking amazing. (laughs) You're an amazing artist. You're an amazing artist. Um, But, yeah, so, but they they wanted to give it a different look. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about the music. I know that's a big thing for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, you know, they're doing some specific Wakanda music design or whatever. Um, I haven't seen any finished animation because it's not done yet. Um, but yeah, the designs are nice. It's nice. It's going to be a good show. It's, if they do eighty percent of what I've seen, yeah. If the final product is eighty percent as good as what we've already made, you guys need to buckle up. Uh, I just well, you asked know, for, that's what, asked for action figures well, see, that I could get. See, you know, that's the old Francois Truffaut saying. If you get 80% of what you wanted to get, you should, that true? you should be happy. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Look at you. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> can, so, yeah. I, can I ask you a question? Because I know a lot of people are going to ask me this. What's the difference between an animation script and a teleflight? Okay. Um, all right. Animation, traditional TV, what we think of as TV animation, like, I don't know, Transformers or something like that, Mm -hmm. largely dominated by toy companies and the wishes of toy companies. So that one editorial thing changes somewhat what you can and can't do. You can't, you can do this, but I picture um, showrunners fighting to get to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for instance, you couldn't set up Bumblebee as a hero, 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 and then yeah. have him at the end of the season be the big traitor. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, the company won't let you do that because mm-hmm. we love Bumblebee. We sell a lot of toys about mm-hmm. Bumblebee, right. and kids love Bumblebee. <clears throat> Bumblebee's not a traitor. What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know. Spoiler alert for Young Justice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Aqu- Aqualad's arc. Like. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> None of our people are traitors. Yeah. Right? Um, things like that. But that, but it starts to get more more random as you get further towards The Simpsons, mm-hmm. right? Which is a completely different animal. It's a mm-hmm. nighttime. That looks like a regular script. Those are, let's put it like this. Simpsons covered by WGA. Right. All uh, kid animation is covered by uh, a different, uh, the animators. IATSE, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, mm. which is a yeah, part of IATSE. So the scripts are shorter. Like how short in general? Uh, ours we try to keep between 28 and 30. Okay. Uh, so 26 if, there's, if it's heavy action because okay. the animators are going to flex and it's actually right. going to come in long anyway, so mm. whatever. Um, no sex, no swearing. Um, basically, oh, here's a difference. And it was, it's a hard, all the, all the writers that I know of who came from live action to, including myself, to animation had to learn it's okay to call out specific shots. Right. You can you, actually you can write. You can actually it. tell the director, right. do this. Oh, wow. Because the director is an artist. They're still going to interpret it. But if you need something for plot, mm-hmm. you say, look, this has to be a close up on the hand to show the ring that because later when other people are wearing the ring, it's going to show that this person is actually possessed by the person who invented right, the ring. Right, right, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. But you, you call out that shot. Right. Right. Um, That's a no-no for conventional screenwriting. Uh, uh, you don't tell yeah. directors what to direct. They get really upset for some reason. You're some <laughs> reason. You can do something like his eyes glisten with yada. You right. could do it's that. It's a little. It's a little. That's for features. Yeah. For features, the director is king or queen. 
the writer is basically forgotten by the time. Right. <laughs> if you're the writer of original script and you're still the writer at the end, yeah. you yeah. got yeah. juice. Okay. Holy crap. Or you know where all the bodies are. In right. <laughs> TV, it's flipped. There are the only directors, this is nothing against the directors of episodic TV because all of them, not all of them, some of them are shit. <laughs> but the ones that are great are great directors. Right. Okay. The ones in TV that have real any kind of real power are the ones who direct the pilots because they set right. the tone for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in at live action television, <laughs> they forever get the, the writers. Residuals, the writer producers are <laughs> producers come from the writing pool for the most part. Writers drive. Um, uh, in animation, depends. Like if if you are. Uh, Rebecca Sugar, who created mm-hmm. uh, Steven Universe, I'm presuming she's driving that show because it's entirely her personality right. and, the st- and the studio and slash network. They will have concerns, but she's kind of the the goddess of that universe, so it's a it's a negotiation rather than a dic- dictatorial. Do, do you think it was like that season one, though? Do you think she had to get past? Oh, I think the version of the show we're getting is what was always planned, okay. but I'm sure that the first season was the softest possible iteration. Right. I, and the weakest, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, I love yes, because it has right, to be the right, most, quote-unquote, right, normal. Right, it's the most Steven, it's the most... That's like, right. And normal. what happens with every TV show, uh, and we'll get back on the script All in right. a sec, what happens with every TV show, especially ones that the network, whatever the network, doesn't matter if it's animation or not, if they think it's hot, they want to be able to put their thumb on it because everyone wants to take a little credit. Mm-hmm. So all eyes are on you from the minute you hit the ground mm-hmm. before the public sees anything, from script one, from outline one. You are you don't even know who's looking at your stuff, mm-hmm. right? But at some point, they're like, well, this is a lock. Look at all these idiots watching this show. <laughs> okay, great. Let's move on to the next hot thing, right? right. right? And it's the, literally the instant the spotlight is off you, that's just your show, baby, right? right? And you can look at any show, and you can see when the network stopped messing with them. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right? You could literally watch it in a season one. Right. Especially if it's a long run, right? Like, I don't like now. It's down to thirteen, sometimes ten. But in the old days, they would take these things out to like thirty episodes or something. Right. Somewhere around episode eighteen, the <laughs> network's like, "Oh, this is great. Moving on, right?" right? right. And the show went completely bazam, <laughs> right? Like so, and that's the show you love. Mm-hmm. The the first part is the show you like. The show you love, the one that stays on for 15 years, is mm-hmm. after the network stops looking right. at it. And that's why you put up with a shitty first season as, yes. a, as a viewer. Yeah. You're like, maybe. And I always tell yeah. This is because a lot of times when I watch network shows, I have a hard, I mean, I have a hard time getting past the first season. Right. Yeah, and, there's a reason. And it, Well, I mean, I watch the first season in this, and then I kind of like know what the show is. I might watch another season or two. It's usually one more season, and then I'm kind of like, I know what this show is. You kind of fall off. I think I've said this before. And so now I want to see something new. People get weird at me about this because they don't want to hear it, but I always talk about the mechanics of Hollywood rather than, I try to to differentiate between the mechanics of how something works and the creative side of how something works. There's a lot of creative arguments. There's no opinion that's correct. There's the opinion with money that wins, Mm -hmm. and there's other opinions. Okay, and if you can make your argument strong enough, the money people will change their opinion. But nobody's right. Right, it's it's fiction. No one's right, okay. But the mechanics, um, no show knows what it is until episode five or six. They, right, right. They can think not, they know. Not a one. They don't know. <clears throat> they don't know who's going to like what. They don't know if the thing they thought was going to launch actually launches. Mm-hmm. This 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 hot lead, male or female, not may be. not be the one. It might right. be Jughead. Right. It might be Jughead. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You think your show's about Artsy, right. but it might be, be Jughead. Jughead. Yeah. Right. And then that feedback comes in, 
and the network has a choice to make. They can let the original creator go with their original vision. Trust me, it's going to mm-hmm. be Archie by the end. Or <laughs> um, they can be like, look, these girls are all over Jughead. These boys are all over Jughead. Right. Make the show about Jughead. Right? Mm-hmm. But we have all this, you're not listening. Make the show about Jughead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we'll find someone who will make the show about Jughead. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not that hostile generally. It's much softer because everyone already knows this. It just needs its sea legs. You need to put the boat out to see if it'll float. Right. Right? Um, so you get up to see episode five, I would say, before it really starts to figure out what it is. And then the rest of the season is how to really like lock in on mm-hmm. you know, our favorite whatever, our one true pairings and right. like, you know, all that. It's not really as, as synergistic as that because the lead time is for the show. You've already shot so much of it that even audience feedback, so what? You can't right. do anything about it until right. next season if you want to. Right. But so, all right, so getting back on the scripts, um, they're shorter. They're, I wouldn't say more. They're more simple, but they're not... That doesn't make them easier. In some ways, it makes them harder because there's a lot of crutches you can write, you can lean on when you're writing for adults. Right. You just can't. Even if even if it's not a network show, you still can't expect an, a 12 year old to process certain kinds of data. It, there's no room for as much subtlety, right. basically. So it's a hurdle. Like if you want to get, as we've seen on shows like Cora, um, the Young Justice, the original Justice League uh, Unlimited, <clears throat> those are complex shows written by and incredibly talented writers who are able to write. There's a difference between writing for children and writing all ages. Yeah. I write all ages material. I don't write like Doc McStuffins. That's for kids. Right. I can't do it. I'm, not, I, I'm amazed when I watch stuff like that, especially mm-hmm. when it's really good, because mm-hmm. I literally can't get my brain into it. But I know. That's, I, yeah, that's like the weirdest thing. Like, like these adults who are in their 30s and 40s are able to like write for a six-year-old. But like <laughs> six-year-olds, their eyes get big and they're like, Doc McStuffins! Mm-hmm. It was like that's some 30, 45 year old person who's make, delighting that child. Right? I, whatever, God, dude. Right. So cute. Right. I, I'm a grown ass man, dog. I can't. Yeah, I, 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 I just can't. I, 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 I can appreciate it, but I can't write it. I also can't write Adventure Time. I okay. love Adventure Time, but I can't get my, my or frankly, Steven, Steven Universe. Right. I love Steven Universe. If someone told me right now, Gunpoint, write me an episode, I have no idea. I, I literally can't get my head into that. Hmm. But. For all ages material, all you're really doing is taking out the swearing and taking out the sex. You right. can't, you shoot somebody, their head doesn't explode in blood, you know, mm-hmm. they fall out of frame or you, you fudge it in some way. But you mm-hmm. can tell relatively complex stories if allowed. Um, another thing in, in convention in um, normal, like what we can think of normal animation would be the shows are designed to be shown out of order, usually, so that anybody who... Are they all standalone? They should all be standalones. Right. That's not always the case, as we've some of the shows we've right. alluded to here. In fact, I think all of them are serialized. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I prefer that because that's how stories are told for 10,000 years. That's how we've been telling stories. <laughs> Probably a good idea not to break that pattern. But that's just me. Um, uh, but... Um, for the most part, you know, they don't know what market's going to get it overseas or whatever. They don't know what order they're going to get them in. Like Ben 10 is a good example. Mm-hmm. The Ben 10 show was a gigantic, like insane hit in the West, right? To the point where they were like, we should start making Harry Potter movies like about <laughs> Ben 10, <Okay>. right? <laughs> Which you should have done. I, I mean, okay. yeah, you had the But in the East, it hadn't even appeared yet. Mm-hmm. So when they got the original Ben 10 series way over in Thailand or, you know, India or whatever, they were getting the version that we'd all seen 10 years ago. And it blew up mm-hmm. as 10-year-old Ben, where over here we got 16-year-old Ben. So what happened? They shifted everything back towards 10-year-old Ben because that's where the giant market was, yeah. right? Um, 
so anyway, so the scripts are more simple, more fanciful. But the other side is, for the most part, no budget restraints. Right. Like, you can write. Like, hey. Just the same drawing. <laughs> the only the weird the weird thing is what you would do with extras, which like we do a combination of extras and CGI now in live mm-hmm. action. Of like, if you wanted a giant like coliseum full of people. An animator has to draw all those people. That costs money because that's man hours. Right. They don't necessarily like that mess, right? <laughs> so you do have budgetary constraints in that regard. Um, so you have to think about that. You, right. as a writer, you have to be forget subtext, and and just then, forget subtext. Mm, and mm. then the other question I'm asking you: the writers' room still the same? Put no. everything on the board. You did the beach. You did. Oh the yes, interior to the writers' room. Yes. Right. Um, but like on a on a live action show, we'll take I wouldn't say as long as we want, but we can like lean back and have lunch and right. talk about an episode for days, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we'll table an episode, go to the next episode, mm-hmm. we'll revisit this later because we're, obviously we're all trying to kill each other about this. <laughs> and I need to have my show work. Right. So, um, but in animation, uh, we do these things called summits. Um, which is basically a, a quick writer's room. Um, like, depending on the show, it can be every couple of weeks or it can be as long as every two months. Mm-hmm. You gather together your freelancers, um, yeah, the showrunner, head writer. Uh, the, the jobs are slightly different in animation. Um, what they would call a story editor in animation is equivalent to a showrunner in mm-hmm. live action. Oh, really? uh, but in live action, story editor is like second to the bottom right. of the food chain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what my year. contract calls me a supervising producer, y'all, <laughs> because on paper, y'all need to know what's up. Okay. <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, they will discuss with the network or the studio, depending what the next batch of shows will be. Um, then the showrunner will write an outline for each of those. Not a full outline, like a couple of paragraphs for the, and then send them out to the writers. Mm-hmm. Th- have this in your head when we come into the writer's room. Right. And then we completely shoot all that full of holes. <laughs> None of that stuff ever makes it on the right. screen. And some other, completely other shows come out right. of the writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll break them at speed. So we'll break in two days between four and six episodes. Six Ooh. would be an amazing, amazing wow. two days. Right. Uh, five, then you're like, wow, you did five. You know, <laughs> right. Four is generally considered, wow, that's very good. And three, right. you can get away with. Um, two is not acceptable. You, you should not take you an entire day to break one episode of animation. You should be able to do two um, if you got the right team and the right, right. everything. Uh, so yeah, but that only happens, and then everyone goes back to their homes. Uh, even right. I don't have an office. Like oh, I, so everybody uses that like a yeah, real writer's right, room where they're right, in there yeah. for two months or something. Yeah, we just come in and do it. Uh, everyone breaks. Uh, I will return to the mothership from time to time for things with the execs. Uh, things that have nothing to do with the writing a mm-hmm. lot of the time, or not that kind of writing, more editorial type stuff. And then we reconvene. Like mm-hmm. when that batch is done, the scripts come in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we send, we, we generate, I don't know if this is work product. All right. The, the writer writes the outline. The showrunner edits the outline, passes mm-hmm. it on to the studio. The studio approves the outline or gives notes. Then the head writer rewrites according to those notes and sends that rewritten outline back to the writer. Right. Go write this. It will generally be, if we did our job properly, not that dissimilar to what the writer originally put in. Mm-hmm. But there are a billion things a writer doesn't know about, things we know about the end of the season, for instance. Right. By the way, on this show, I don't think this would have come up on other shows because they're all standalone, so you don't need to worry about what's going to happen at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Our show has arcs, so there are things that would happen that you wrote episode five, but we know in episode 15 this other thing's going to happen. Right. So it, it influences your script and your story, but you couldn't have known that. Right. So you'll get an outline back that reflects that, not knowing why. 
I tell you why, and then you go right. Um, so, and then the scripts come in at whatever the I think it's two weeks to get to write the first draft, something like that. Um, Which is really good. Yeah, but it That's includes really Saturdays good. and Sundays. Trust it's me. not two weeks of work days. It's, right. You know. So, and then I get that, uh, or the showrunner, whatever they call a head writer, depending on what the. Each one has their own different right. way of describing the job. It's the showrunner, mm-hmm. um, and then um, I get the script. I'll take a look at it, see how well you did with what the outline was. I will polish it up, like take out little bits that are silly, make sure the voice matches a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sounds like me, basically. I hate to say it; it's yeah. not egotistical. It's every yeah. that's the showrunner's job, and then I pass that on to the brass. They give the notes um, depending on the show. Sometimes the writer will be, hear the notes, do the notes. That's if you're very trusted, right? You've been doing right. this a while. You can take these notes. Don't do these notes. Right. Generally, the showrunner is giving the notes, and then from that point forward, the showrunner is doing all the rewrites. Um, I won't say that that's what happened here necessarily, but it does happen, and it's script-by-script basis. Some scripts get a hyper-rewrite from mm-hmm. the showrunner. Sometimes it's just surgical, and it's basically what you wrote. Right. So, And you just can't know. It's just... It's just variable. Right. It's almost got nothing to do with the quality of the original script. It's almost right. always to do with stuff the writer could not possibly have known about. Right. So, and that's that's the process. And you do it over and over again for twenty six or twenty three or twelve or whatever episodes <laughs> it is. And, then, and that's that's why it took all year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with animation. Right. Like the fun part about live action is you're you're talking about a three month window, I think, right. before maybe six, depending on the show. Twenty three weeks, or right? Whatever. Before okay. that. And a lot of the time, I personally think this is silly, but. A lot of the time, the show's still being written while you're watching the season, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's l- literally a three-month gap between first draft and y- it's on the air, right? right? Uh, I prefer the model where you get the entire writer's room together, write everything, right. kick everybody out, because they're going to be there, yeah. focus on production, and then bring the writers back as their episodes yeah, for the episode. mm-hmm. and then kick them out again. Uh, that that seems to be most efficient, mm-hmm. uh, but not everyone wants to do it that way for various personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Um, so, so yeah. So it's a it's in some ways it's a faster. I mean, I'm, pace. I'm asking these simple questions, yeah. but it's mainly just so that people understand. Yeah. You it's know, a faster there's, pace. there's some differences, but yet they're similar. It's a fa- I mean? it's a faster pace. Right. The scripts are in some ways simpler, but on another level. You're juggling a lot. I mean, especially in a show. Let's let's not talk about my show, so we don't even stray into okay. any NDA stuff. Let's look <laughs> at a show like uh, uh, Legend of Korra. Okay, you've got multiple characters, each one with their own arc, multiple plot lines, sort of converging into a larger sort of thematic plot line. Part of an established universe of an right. esta- rules exactly. and history mm-hmm. with, with rules and history that, if you trust me. <laughs> it's better just not to mention the history than to mention it wrong. Right? Okay, okay. Uh, please trust me on this. Um, but that's a lot to juggle, and it's not less to juggle than Game of Thrones. There's not less going on in the Legend of Korra than is going on in Game of Thrones. It's just you don't get to have naked women walking through the streets getting right. shamed by the town, right? <laughs> see, that's why I can't watch. Children, <laughs> that's why I can't watch. Children don't need to see that. Children need to understand. One could, one could argue grown-ups don't okay. need to see, see, see that. Right. They need to know what it's about. But, Everyone um, needs to know what the world is about. In Westeros. So it happens if you screw up. You Ladies, and spit on. you will be shamed if you, if you blow up the post. <laughs> okay, but um, you see what happened in Monet's. But yeah, so it's not. It's not like I think some people think. Oh, just animation in a way they used to think. Oh, just TV mm-hmm. compared to movies or whatever. 
you're doing the same job. You still have the same masters to feed. The, the, the deadline monster is still on your ass. Like, you think, oh, I've got a year's lead time before the first thing comes back to look at. Yeah, you think that. You think that. You know, <laughs> But the deadline monster kicks in at some point. And right. you, know, you think you, every day you're like, oh, we're doing so great. We're doing so great. And then about episode 13, that monster is like, <laughs> you know, And you're like, oh, shit, we thought we left him in the zoo. Right. No, he broke out and ate the keeper. We got to go. <laughs> you know, What about my kids? Hey, if they can't run, they're dead. You know? um, it's like that. You know? And you, your job is to not ever get paid panicked right right okay. just sometimes things go wrong sometimes you're a little late on stuff you know people get mad they get their feathers ruffled but it mm-hmm. is in fact the nature of the beast and mm-hmm. there are going to be mistakes made and blah 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 so yeah. at least that's my philosophy which is why i never sick at sea because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we ain't saving lives up in here we're just telling stories about people with superpowers right, so right. no one will die if we fail um mm-hmm. which we won't fail we won't fail mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's basically the same job in in most respects and those sort of idiosyncrasies between the businesses are things like you can tell the director what to do mm-hmm. You have to call out really certain sorts of, um, oh, voice actors. You have to tell them very specifically, like, low, a, low, a low voice could be a growl, or it could be an intimate moment between lovers, or mm-hmm. it could be a brother and a sister speaking away. You have to really specifically, even if the, inf- even if the information is in the rest of the script, right. for the lines, for the tone that they need to give, you sometimes need to really finesse it so that they know exactly what it's going to be because when it's time to do the record that saves you time they might not need to do the six takes to get mm-hmm. it right if you mm-hmm. just put that little parentheses <laughs> right. in whereas most actors prefer to shape the scene once they get with the director and the other people mm-hmm. and figure it out they know the basic tone and shape but what the nuance is they make up in that space right you can't do that like you you can't do it as easily the, the, in this case the in most cases now i think tv at least my experience of them is most of the voiceover actors who, by the way, are freaking amazing people. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Um, uh, they work together on so many projects that even if they haven't always been on this project, they kind of have a feel for each other. Yeah. Uh, they're much more family than regular actors. I shouldn't say regular actors, than, li- than in front of the camera mm-hmm. actors are. There's mu- at, le- at least from my point of view watching it, much less back backbiting, backstabbing. Much mm. more like, hey, I heard about a gig. You go, you should go. Whatever, blah blah right. blah. Complimentary to one each one another. I mean, maybe they're faking, but they're better at it than the other <laughs> actors are. If they are, when I was an actor, that was like knives out. Right. Best friend, girlfriend, doesn't matter. Knives out, <laughs> right? Um, Just get back. That's yeah. why I quit. That's why I quit. Yeah. I couldn't take it. It was too rough for Jeff. But um, yeah, because I was one of those people going, "Hey, dude, you want to come with me to the audition?" I did that too. I would recommend <laughs> other friends for went. jobs I was up for. <laughs> I would freak out casting people because I would recommend people for jobs I was currently auditioning right. for. And they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't think I'm going to get this part." But my boy would kill it. Right. And they're like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> What's your agenda? What is What's your, your agenda? agenda? My agenda is to be a decent person in the right. world. I don't know. Yeah, you know. You had the same philosophy I had. If I don't get it, I want one of my boys to get it. Right. right. I'm okay. coming to right. this. We're all going to the same party at the end. So who right. cares? Right. 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 Sometimes it's better to be the prince than the king anyway. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah. So um, so they need a little bit more specific uh, uh, 
um, notations in the script for them for to help them. Uh, the voice director is your best friend ever in the world, Colette. My God, you're a genius. Um, and they are directors. They are okay. straight up directors. They're like they interpret the script. They're telling you the nuance of sound as they the see it. They want. Right, yeah, and yeah. you're sitting next to them, and they will sometimes the director will sometimes they'll they'll like Colette, our director, will be on a a, a tear, like going through page after page, and then she look up, I was like, was that? And I'm like, honey. I'm just listening to a great radio show right now. You know, like, they're just, they're just great. Because it all matters. If you were standing in one place and, and now you come back and do the voiceover, for instance, as exactly a voice, right. you have to be standing or you have to be, right. you can't just be sitting because your breath is different. That's right. You know, there's and like all different little Weird little things of like, you're a little right. wet in there or a little dry, right. blah, blah, blah. Or right. like, just dip your head down and then the voice completely changes. The person's not doing anything. They just tilted their head down That's a little true. bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is it's happening? A, it's an art. Yeah, it's, it's an art. amazing. It's amazing. And they need all the props. I don't know why people keep stunt casting these movies, right. except they want to meet Angelina Jolie right. or something, because you can have Angelina Jolie's voice for a lot less money. Right. Okay. okay, And I hate to break it to most of these, these people, but it's the rare actor who's it's the rare actor who's not a good voice actor. I mean, how do I say this? There are plenty of good voice actors who can also do yeah. every other kind of right. acting. There's a lot of the ones that start out on the normal, what we think of as the normal side of acting, mm-hmm. They can't do it when they get in front of a mic. They can't imagine it enough to really act it. They can't just do it in their voice. It's interesting because it sounds sort of like how a lot of people complain about when they get to act against blue screen. Yes. You know, yes. it's like I got to. It's like I got to commit too much of my of my creative energy to the imagination as opposed to me just developing where I am right. and, and, and let the environment inspire me. See, I say that's you lazy. Know? I was like, your job is to make that show. You're an actor. Okay, yeah, that's you're your an job. actor. But, but, what if I put you in a play that was a black box theater? See, that's the thing that I say too. I'm kind of like, well, haven't you acted on the stage if, if as an actor, there's a lot of things, and I, and I, I realize a lot of actors haven't. They haven't. They, <laughs> well, 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 they haven't. Be, and you because, know, Chris, we talk about this all the time. And they don't want to. Right. Yeah, because yeah. it's laziness. You know, the West. I'm like an ex-smoker about acting. Please, <laughs> please don't be a lazy actor in front of right. me. Because that's the end of your I, job. I mean, cause, right. cause to me, you know, I just was, I'll sidetrack something just real quick. I th- it's one of the things I think that why people complain about all those. Um, you know, I was complaining about the British actors coming over here and mm-hmm. stealing our roles, but I'm kind of like, well, their training is on the th- is on the stage, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, and then they kind of can, you know, the, I, that rada puts you through, and then you got to now jump into the, into, into that's the right. camera. That's exactly right. But because they've been on the stage, they understand certain things about totally. how to like, you know, to to make it work with right. the, the imagination. And they're not, they understand training. their body, they yeah. understand their voice. Mm-hmm. Their training is different, right? They can do different accents, which a lot of American actors can't do. Yes, right? that's and, correct. And, that, uh, and you're a novelist. By by the way, I think <laughs> I think that what our 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 pop culture has done to budding novelists, budding screenwriters, budding actors is it's the the American idolization of being in the arts. Right. Everyone's all result oriented, and so what the, when their result is not being a really good actor, a really good novelist, or whatever, their result is I get to go on Stephen Colbert. Right. <laughs> I'm not joking. I think that's the result they want. They want to go to the parties. They want to be in the mm-hmm. celebrity the celebrity oh. zone. They want so to the, be in show business but not be artists. Right. They want to be exactly. they want to be stars. To Being be a star yeah. is not the same. They are overlap sometimes. Like De Niro is an example. He's right. both a really great actor and a movie star. Mm-hmm. But 
Tom Hanks decided early on, I'm going to be a movie star. He does a really good job. Right. I really like he's most of his movies. He's probably the best at it. <laughs> right. he's, he's, the, he's probably the last of the old school movie stars. Right. Like him, maybe Harrison Ford right. if he really wants to work, like if he feels like really working. Right. Um, Which I'm not sure he did in Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. Not to bring it he back. Didn't. There's a he kind didn't. Of, there's a kind of movie star, right? <laughs> You're not showing up to a Cary Grant movie expecting to see him under layers of makeup and, right. and transforming. You want to see Cary Grant do this stuff. And there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make him a worse actor, in fact. He's still a really good actor, mm -hmm. but it's a different track. Yeah. It doesn't require the same kind of muscles. Uh, England is small, and that's good and bad. Uh, the BBC is, as I've been informed by many of my actor <laughs> friends, has great qualities. As you've seen, they take a lot right. more risks. They do a lot more. They have the best TV stuff. shows. Well, that's government subsidized, so they got to employ non-whites. Non right. They got to employ women. They got to employ people of divergent sexualities. And, and you see it on the screen. Right, and it shows up on the screen. But yes. that's partly because the government's like, you better fucking do this. Right. The other thing is the community's so small <laughs> and the dividends are so small for being in a British film versus an American film that they flip back and forth between TV and All movies, the time. You see them all the time. And yeah. think nothing of it. Right. Your next door neighbor could be the postman and then one down the street could be the person on your on your show that you love. And there's very – it's not quite the same kind of weird stellar difference right, between right. a normal, whatever that is, person and a movie star, right? And then they come over here. They're willing to take less money. <laughs> they're willing to work in slightly less comfortable conditions without thinking that I'm working in less con slightly less conditions. Mm -hmm. And American actors, a lot of the time, too much of the time, I hate to say it because I used to be so much against this, you're all about, like, getting the cool girlfriend and the picture at the right club and, you know, does does uh, GQ want to put you on the cover of this? I'm like, that's none of that's to right. do with acting or being good. So if it's between you and an Australian who can do an accent and kill it, guess who's getting that part, baby? You right. better get and back in the lab. Let, let's just clarify. I mean, that's because, um, the, like, we, we were talking with Dewanda, mm -hmm. right? Dewanda Wise, shout out to you. And, and she, she, she gets really offended when we talk about this particular subject. And I agree with her to a small extent. <clears throat> but, I mean, there are plenty of trained. Oh, yes. She's a trained, you know what I mean? Yes. There are plenty of trained actors here, too, who have crossed over and gotten mm -hmm. to, a, to a better place. That's correct. So we have to just be aware of that. I think what we're talking about is what we're seeing now mm -hmm. is the people whose names we know. Well, here's another just thing. She's seen the BP. Like, right. every time you hear them on an interview, all of a sudden they speak and you're like, I didn't know he was British. The downside. <laughs> you know what I mean? like almost right. everybody. The downside of the BBC's right. smallness, the, the, the English market's smallness is, right. it's clickish. Right. You talk to the actors that are excellent that I've met and work with sometimes. And I'm like, how come I haven't seen you on this show? It's like, honey, you don't know how it works. You're either in the club or you're not. Right. You know. And I remember talking to people when and when um, Law and Order before I was on it is not from being on Law and Order. This is being <laughs> an actor. When Law and Order used to own New York, like mm -hmm. own New York, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was Law and Order. They had all these weird tax breaks and crap. Mm -hmm. Like there was basically it was New York was their city. Mm -hmm. In Broadway, but, every actor in their bio has Law and Order. And that, uh, every and New actor has been in. <laughs> yeah, but not every New York actor. There's a stack that never got okay. a shot. Why? Because there's a funnel for which they have to move to get to the show. Right. So you, sometimes the show will rather use a, the same actor in a completely different part. Right. Put a hat on. No, one's gonna, gonna, no one's going to remember him. Tom. I'm like, Tom killed it last time. I think we're all going <laughs> to remember it. Yeah. We're going to, oh my God, Tom's back. But he's the criminal this time? I thought he was that, wasn't he that government? Oh, yeah. whatever, Tom, right? And, uh, and that's the laziness. It's the editorial laziness. It's what every... A, a magazine editor has guilty of every comic book editor is guilty mm -hmm. of every every novel editor is guilty of. They have such a busy schedule, they go to their deck. 
Right. They just go to their deck. The last person who really knocked it out of the park. Oh, this was a great job for Sam. I wonder if he's. A we all do it, right? Mm. No, we don't all do it. Well, we all <laughs> we all do it to, in our own up to way. A, up to a degree, but Left, just as an example, not yeah. to put you on the spot, you brought in your friends who you knew. To I brought be on in the writers show. who were you know what I mean of whom I was aware. It's That's the true. same thing. Is That's all true. I'm saying. It's yes. similar. It's similar. And I had and I had a personal agenda right. too. I had I wanted um, people of color, women. Right. in a box that they don't normally get into. Right. So, whatever. But I don't normally think like that. I just, mm. in this particular instance... That yeah, when you have the opportunity, there, why not do it? Right. 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 Um, well, generally, I'm merit-based. <laughs> like, uh, what, did, what did Chris Rock said? If there's a white guy and a black guy and they're of equal skill up for right. the same job, I'm going to give it to the black guy. Because right. the white guy's going to get another shot. This might be the black guy's only shot. Right. But if it's the same two writers and the white guy's better... Guess who's going back to the lab, okay. yo? <laughs> okay, I, okay, this is my show. That's okay. not your. I'm not on your political team. Right. This is my show. Right. Okay, right. so so the the best thing to do is to cultivate really good writers as your friends, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so you got to do right. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. So um, what were we talking about? I went on just, two just, tangents. We did the actors. Um, oh, the actors. Thing. And the thing about that though is, yeah, this filter. Back when I was on my big show a billion mm -hmm. years ago. The Atlanta what actors, show was but back when I was an actor, I would go to plays in Atlanta and see these great actors, and I'd be like, and then they would find like doing these great shows, original yeah. pieces, whatever, and I would talk to them backstage because I had a little bit of star juice in mm -hmm. that city, right? I'm like, oh, you're on that show, it's the only right. show that ever shoots it, you know, like, right? <laughs> right? So I'd get to go backstage and talk to people and whatever, and I was like, oh, I gotta tell these people about you. You're great. There's gonna be a couple of scripts coming up. You be, and right. they're like, slowly roll, son, right? And I was like, wait, what? And I'd be like, you think I've never been up for that show? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. It's like I can't get up for the show because the casting director only likes who she likes. The local casting director only likes who she likes. Well, can I can I can I piggyback off of that? Hmm. The reason I moved from San Francisco when I was an actor and right. I came from theater is I would I would get a role on a TV show and I would be Lorenz Tate's best friend. Right. And they bring Lorenz Tate in as an example right. to be the lead guy and I'd come in and play the second right. role. You know right. what I mean? That's right. So I was like but what about they, me? Yeah, you brought them all the way from there, and I could have played the role. You know what I mean? Or if you watch a movie shot in Chicago, if you just take all the movies that are shot in Chicago, right. you'll see the same eighteen actors in all of these right. movies. Oh yeah, right? there's way more actors than those eighteen okay. people in Chicago, right. specifically in Chicago. Right. That's not counting kind of the ones that fly in for right. the audition, right? Right. So I think it's a little bit of uh, our culture is very big. Everything has to be gigantic. Uh, the dividend, like Dave Grohl wrote this really great piece about how Nirvana, you become a big rock band by playing like crap and buying secondhand things and going to somebody's garage and getting told to shut up right. for 10 years, yeah. put out your first album and it's piece of crap. And, and then all of a sudden you're the biggest band in the universe, right. Mm -hmm. right? Instead of you line up for two hours, you get in front of three judges who tell you, oh my God, you're so awesome. And then you're a movie star or an audio right. star. Whatever. Go take it. Whatever. Okay. You, you better not get in an arena with an actual gladiator because okay. those people did not help you. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, I'm just telling you, it ain't like that in the real ocean. Okay. okay. Um, you're like in a protected little habitat that is not reality, right. and it does not foment creative growth. Creative growth comes from failure, not from instant success. Mm -hmm. So you have to do the boards, you have to take those small parts, 
quote unquote. You have to be uh, cop number five for a couple of minutes. Yep. You know, gangster number three yep. for a couple. But of minutes. But who's the one who said there? These guys who always say there are no small roles. Oh, there's small parts. I write them. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, there are tiny small parts. There are. <laughs> no, no, but, but the thing is, that. the actress to come in there and kill it because right. if the actor doesn't, right. that's correct. Then you like, have you said, yeah. well, no, it's like you know, this is something that I've experienced. You take someone for a role that you don't think is going to be a meaningful role but we put the camera on them and then they fuck it up and then you're like god damn it now the whole fucking thing stops mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole you're, you're, oh, you're cutting too big. and you're like you can't yeah. and it just stops and you're like now I and, 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 and then you gotta like find a way to get around that in the editing room and that's a real bitch because sometimes you can't because they're know? magnetic you're right and that's why a recurring character on TV that you only wrote to come in every three episodes or something and the fans go crazy and you watch them on dailies and all of a sudden next season they're a regular okay Right. Okay. Right. That's every time you've ever seen that on a show. That's what happened. They brought them in to do their little tiny bit, and everyone—not just the audience—everyone went, "Holy crap!" We need to have this person around because they're going to break out in a minute. We want to keep them. Yeah. Right. So nothing worse than that. Nothing worse than that than the the person who. I mean, I mean, it's something you don't see a lot in. In a lot of movies, but I but I've experienced it in doing shorts, people, or or these movies that don't. like smaller films that you know are financed, like the the investors put his girlfriend in, or he's put himself in, and it's just like the whole thing stops in a way that um, is terrible. It's yeah. terrible. It's just terrible. I hate that. I can't stand that. And but and I think again, bring Sam back in because he's dominating the conversation. Um, <laughs> you, you will meet you will meet those writers right that are the you can tell a personality right off. They're people who wish to have written, but they don't want to write. Because writing is work. Right. It's actually like it's hard work. labor. Like that page 148, you're working, dude. You're, <laughs> that is not fun. That is absolutely, why do you think I've written so few novels? It's work, <laughs> right? Um, and I think our culture is not, it's not geared to that. When we do our jobs really well, everyone thinks it's effortless. It's mm-hmm. like dancers. Um, uh, that's a perfect example, right? right. You go to a, a beautiful ballet, and everyone comes out skipping and jumping. And right. they're like, no. Stop it. <laughs> I, I was talking to a friend who was a writer who was working on their first novel, and they were, you know, they were like, "Congrats, your book came out." I was like, "Yeah, this is my debut novel. It's my seventh novel." And you just right. saw him like, what? like die inside. He was like, "Wait, what? I might have to do this again well, and again right. until well, yeah, well, somebody yeah. wants it." Uh, you know what? A classic story on that is um, I saw Chris McQuarrie speak about oh, the the usual suspects, mm-hmm. and he was like, "This is my thirteenth right. screenplay." <laughs> Right. It's the first one that got made, right. mm-hmm. and they were like, "What about the other ones?" And he was like, "You're never gonna see them." That's right. And guess Doesn't what? Matter. Guess what? And I don't want to see them again either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. G- Gary, who I interviewed the other night, he had done You've about the ten same of them thing. before I mean, he got no, to that I one. I mean, it, you it ha- go through the right. shit. You got to be I mean, top it, number five. It right? happens. It happens so much when you're writing. I mean, with all of it, you you just it's like, you know, the the biggest thing that's the the disconnect is. You have what's in your head and then what you have on the paper. Exactly. And right. then what's on the paper is not necessarily, like, that is the reflection that someone else has to then absorb. And if that person is not absorbing it the way that was in your head, that means that you haven't done it right. right. But the thing is, you don't know that you haven't done it right because it's all in your head still right. and, it's, yeah. right. and it's perfect in your head. Right. You know, that's where it's... You fill in all the blanks. Yes. Right. You it's, fill in all, it's yeah. just words and you, you make right. it come alive, but that's the right. reader is going to be like seeing this is What is yeah. this crap? I, it's and in the collaborative form, like, one of the things I think, I think being an actor that long did help me in this regard. 
Um, I think a lot of the pardon me. I think a lot of the not a lot, but a, a significant number of the writers that I've worked with over the years have a sort of basic sort of simmering hostility to the yeah. actors because yeah. they're going to fuck up my words, man. And I'm like, okay, that's true if they suck. <laughs> if the actor actually sucks, then they are in fact fucking up your words. But some of these actors are as good at their job as you are at yours, if not better. better. Okay, right. maybe they're seeing something in it that you didn't realize was there, but which is actually present, right? right? You have to give them the, the sort of artistic space to do that. Right. If they're really wrong, it'll come out in the scene anyway. Well, that's the, there's two things to that. One, that's the beauty of working with actors, is that when they're really above, like, you know, like, their scene intelligence is so high yep. that they'll talk to you about stuff that is, that you were like, like I didn't know that was even there. What are you? Okay, cool. Bruce did say that. Yeah. See, now, now it, it, it just reminds me, I, 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 you know, it's because who's the guy we had on? Nick, um, Nick and Tosca yeah. who wrote. So, so he, in his second season of his show, Channel Zero, mm-hmm. he has um, Rucker Howard. I haven't watched it yet. Don't spoil it. And, well, he, and no, Spoiler alert, Rucker Howard. N- well, no. But, <laughs> how dare you? But, but he said something about how, well, yeah, people said he's kind of hard to work with. And then I was like, well, but I want him. And, and he came down. And, and we had this three-hour conversation. And it's like, you know, I thought it was going to be like 20 minutes. But it's three hours. <laughs> and He's thinking about But he's part. thinking about the material. And it just reminded me, again, if you think about Blade Runner in the first one, all his favorite lines are improvised lines. Yeah, that he really? was like, he I'm bringing, because he knew the character, and, and he brought this, like, the, like that final speech about, you know, the shots, tears in the rain, that's him. He just made that he up. He just made that up. That's not in the script. Well, and he made, he acted he, the part. He, he acted the part. And right. he, I mean, I mean, and that's what he came up with. Right. And, and Edward that, James almost improvised skin job, right? I like, think so. he just came up with that. It wasn't in the script. Yeah, well, well, that's right because in the book they're called Andes. Like right, and that's boring. That's boring. You know, it reads fine, but it yeah, you know. it wouldn't been sound right. So I, that's. I you mean, you have to have respect for everyone's place of power in a collaborative endeavor. Um, you, your place of power as the writer in TV is fairly powerful, in film less so. But actors are not just there. It, it's a double-edged sword. You're not just there because you're pretty and hot. There is some aspect of that, especially for leads, that right. there are, regardless of your love for your spouse and all that stuff, there are those human beings walking <laughs> around that it's like the, every, every utensil goes clink and everyone freezes and you just sort of watch them pass. Yeah, some people right? have that. Some thing people have when that. They walk thing. in the door. And I'm not talking about turning yourself into Harvey Weinstein. Mm. I'm saying the normal human attraction. Right. And I think in some ways, like, uh, I'm straight, but there are men that you're like, yeah, I can see how everyone's all over this dude. Sure. That you, the son yeah. just walked through yeah. the room. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? And but I'm sure you, women look at women, straight or not straight. Yes. And you go, oh, Jesus Christ. Jamie yeah. Foxx talks about people having that, like, fairy dust. Prince. Yes. Yeah, he started out, he met Prince. That's right. it. But, but That's there's, it. there's, there's, and it's true, and I've been in many, many rooms where you see certain people walking, Will Smith walks in the room and everybody's like, oh shit. Oh, I'll he tell you a great a story thing. too. There's mm-hmm. this, there's this interesting thing about, on librarians, Rebecca Romaine was our lead. Oh, I've met her okay. quite a few times. She's uh, great. Uh, Rebecca's a serious actor. Right. Um, I think she's in some ways, and this is a weird thing and to say, gorgeous. by being hampered, she's hampered by her Aryan goddessness. Right, right. But, <laughs> she Amazon. Right? That's all. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's literally ridiculous. But, it, here's the interesting thing. When you're just talking to Rebecca, 
you're just talking to a, 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 a pretty woman. Right. I mean, you're talking to a woman who happens to be pretty is a right. better way of saying it. Right. And she's in, empirically... She's down to earth. She's empir- she's so it's cool. not even about her personality. Right. You're empirically talking to just a woman that everyone in the West would agree is attractive. Right. right? Uh, and then someone will say, okay, you're on, or we need to take these quick photos. And literally in the time it takes to turn her head, mm-hmm. she becomes this thing. Mm. This like, oh, of course you're a model. Of course you're the right. the super heroic lead of this blah, blah, blah. It's right. this thing that comes off of her that she's in control of, mm-hmm. probably because of having been a model. A lot of actors, that's just them. They're not mm-hmm. consciously in control of what it is. They just walk in the room and it permeates all the time and everyone sort of leans back like, Jesus Christ, this person's incredibly hot, we gotta hire him. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but that's what the easy part is, and I think that our culture leans it, lends itself towards wanting it as easy and as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our actors, not all of them, it's a combination of laziness on the casting people's side. They don't cast across gender lines. They don't cast across ethnic lines. They, when, they, when I write All-American, I literally mean All-Americans. Anyone who can claim birth in America can, <laughs> can claim this spot, okay? But when they hear the word All-American, right. they're picturing they're Captain blonde. America with his right. helmet off. Right. Exactly. Right? So, and that's not wrong. It's just not the only, right. right? So they have to be consciously branching out. But in the same way with the actor's side, it's not about the result, it's about being able to, it's the equivalent of us having multiple scripts. If, if I say to Patrick Stewart, I need you not to sound Scottish right now, you need to sound like an Irish bartender, mm-hmm. he's whipping that Irish bartender out, okay. like that, okay. right? And that's early Patrick Stewart. I'm not talking about Sir oh Patrick God, Stewart. Yeah, I'm right, like, right. Patty Stewart, who just showed up from <laughs> Edinburgh. Right. Yeah, you, you, know. you know what's funny? Cause I've, uh, you've seen this movie, well, we've all seen it. Um, Excalibur, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like he's in that, yeah. and like Liam Neeson's in that, yep. and like in and fucking uh, uh, the Queen herself. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Helen is killing it. Jennifer like, Lawrence's future incarnation. Yeah. Let me tell you about. Wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you about Helen. Mirren. Did you see the picture of Helen Mirren when she was doing the modeling thing? The recent one she did. Oh, yes. Bitch. It's ridiculous. Better than she did back in. Edinburgh. She needs to stop it. She needs to stop. She's the only person who I ever lost my New York cool over. Where I. <laughs> saw her on the street and instead of being like you know the normal New Yorker mm-hmm. thing of like that's just a person I'm too cool to acknowledge I like screamed oh dear god I wow. screamed I, it was with I was a Sarah Mac or Clarion class and I was like that's Helen Mirren and Helen Mirren was like I know I'm Helen she's, but she's, but she's awesome she's she, ridiculous see and, and, and the thing that I think that is interesting that she did that most actresses wouldn't do is that you know when she did Prime Suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please go see that if you haven't. She was at a time in her career where she was transitioning to be a little older, mm-hmm. and then and but and then she played someone like and and then she played less attractive on the show than what she really is. Right. And I think it's interesting. She was still hot. I mean, she she, was, she was, but I think that people wouldn't. I mean, because it fits the character that she's not going right. to be this bombshell type of girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I, I think that had an interesting thing on her career because it allowed her to keep doing things way past the age when, you know, because because her ego about her looks, she rejected that right. kind of, well, of, of insecurity. Can, I think there's a way you can take things for granted and another way you can take things for granted. Um, I won't say which actress, but there was an actress back in the 90s who was really big and stunningly beautiful and also a really good <clears> actor. But everything was always about how, and she did a lot of good parts that required a good actor. 
But she was always saying, look, I don't want to talk about my looks, blah, 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 right? And they're like, oh, that's all Halle Berry. Stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not saying who it is. I'm not saying who it is. And it's common enough that it could be more than one person. Right, right. But what happened was, you can always tell if they're serious or not. Helen Mirren broke on the scene being the hot teenage ingenue, mm-hmm. like ridiculously mm-hmm. hot teenage ingenue. So she, from an early age, was like, boys are all over me. Uh, 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 some women are all over me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to figure this out quick. And she did, and she figured it out right. But other people are like, I want to throw that away, right? I, don't, how dare you? How dare you mention my stunning beauty? <laughs> how, why would you even bring that up? We're here to talk about acting, damn it. You know, that, you're belittling me. Right. And if they're serious, that's a legitimate thing. But what it really was is I want to sound right. So when their looks start to not be mm. the thing, when they hit about 30, now this is unfair, by the way. I think it's completely shitty, and I would not do it to an actor. But... About 35, they have to decide, am I going to be that movie star thing still, or am I going to be everybody's mom or the, or the evil lawyer or right, whatever, right? right. right? And <laughs> that's unfair, and it's because a bunch of um, emotionally stunted men did that to you. And I'm sorry, ladies, I'm not one of them, but I'm not in a position of power to do anything about it, except on my own shows. Yeah. Um, that's my disclaimer. Yeah. But this particular actress, you could tell, started going, oh, they're not telling me I'm super hot anymore. So it started being lines in the scripts that she was accepting. You would actually hear people say out loud in different scripts written by different people, therefore it had to be contractual. Okay, because oh. why would all these different writers write exactly the same line? You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Right. Why would that keep cropping up right. in all of these different projects? Because it's like some, subliminal. Into right, it. Somebody said, that's in the contract. Somebody better say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> out loud. Right. I have a little story. Okay. <laughs> so you guys all know I'm close to Paris Barkley and, and his Paris, husband, Christmas. So, Who I don't know, at, I just say that. At their wedding, I was the best man at their wedding, okay. right? So I did this poem about how the two of them met. And, and my whole poem was about Christopher. And it was like spoken word and metaphors and mm-hmm. shit, boom, boom. And I, mean, I was in tears when I was doing it, but it was like really emotional. And then Christopher and Paris were sitting like right here. Helen and Taylor were like sitting right over there. So I looked look over. Name, like, yeah, Helen Mary. They're, they're, my, cousin, they're my cousins. They're my cousins. Whatever, And yo. so I looked over at Helen at some point, and she was like, <laughs> like bawling. So I lost it. <laughs> so when I finished, I barely could sit down, and she got up and walked over and was just holding me. Like, oh my god! Oh my god. See, that's unfair. I, I hate you I hate so you. much right no, now. I, I want to stab you. Yeah, I scared her on the street. That's all. <laughs> that's all I got. So yeah, I guess getting back to our actors, yeah. I think it's unfair because there is a deeper talent pool than ever gets explored. Yeah. Uh, there's a different. There's any any part that you write that doesn't require like. Let's say I write something set in Amish country in the 1800s. Not a lot of Latins and blacks in that. Right. Okay. But if I said something in modern Manhattan, any job can be done by any human being of any persuasion. What you want to do for things that are different from yourself is if it's not if it's not necessary to the character to be whatever the thing is. Like, okay, I'm not casting an out gay man. Unless he's just an actor who does whatever anyway, I don't care. Mm. But I'm not going to change the story to make him out and gay and also straight married to this person. Because what is that movie? I don't even know what that is. That's a whole other movie than the movie I'm trying to make. I'm also not not casting a gay actor in a straight role. Right. Right. But because there's this thing as straight role, there's just roles. Mm. But any job, any part that doesn't require it to be what you think of as Mm -hmm. the baseline, because it isn't, it isn't the baseline. Even the racist cop could be black. 
Even? Just what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, well, boys in the hood show that. Yeah, yes. like, you know? but that's that's my point though, and it can either add flavor or it can divert or it can divert your story. Right. So you have to be smart and judicious, but not that smart, and not that judicious if you have a window. Right. Right, like literally a physical window. Right. Especially if most if of us live in... Outside. Right. <laughs> if you go outside in Los Angeles or New York, which most of us, that's where most of us are when we write this stuff, mm. you're going to see a different cross-section of America than the one that is often presented right. to America. Right. Um, so just use what you see. Like, it's not that complex. Uh, I was just sitting here... That I, what... Jeff, uh, Jeffrey has a has an office in the next building. Because of you. I can't right. remember. I lost my mind. <laughs> and And... I don't know what it's like in your area, of but building? in your building. But for me, I have one new tenant who's black. Oh, really? Yeah, right I mean, across the hall. I think I'm the there only is black person nothing on the floor. but white people on this floor, and they all have like offices of shows and process. I'm like nobody in the freaking production, nobody. But it's weird. Like when we were doing the um, when I was doing my search for writers, um, there were writer for this show, and I recommend writers all the time too, like to people who are in the process of looking. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not have thought about this person. You might not know about this person. If you want to break a new writer, here's a couple I know. Right. Your names come up, Lisa, more than once. Um, but um, see, the uh, I'm just sitting here listening to him. Submission costs no money. Right. Nope. Just say right. <laughs> also <laughs> referrals uh, cost no money. What I would try to tell people: How come you didn't recommend me for this? How come you didn't hire for this? Or how, how come you know so and so? Why didn't you tell them? Look, uh, if I burn a favor, right, I got to be dead solid right. sure. If you want to have that real talk, right. you want to have the real talk, Get it. it's not just me being nice. I'm not nice in that way. This is business now. Okay? Right. Right. I'm it's being my, nice in the sense money. of, here's <laughs> an unknown paycheck. person of great talent that I'm aware of that this person may not be aware of. Yeah. But if you're wobbly, it hurts me to recommend you. Right. Therefore, right. I will not be recommending you until I am sure. So if you want that relationship with me, get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. No, it's, 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 that, it's really simple. that simple. Well, you think no one said that to me? Yeah. Right. What are you, crazy? Okay. You know? Okay. So, no, no. I mean, look, I get that because I feel like what a lot of people think is, and maybe this is a, is a huge degree of truth to this, is that a lot of white writers get jobs based upon their relationships and that's very true. Sure. But, a lot of times there's still that thing that, that you're saying that if I recommend you, it's a huge reflection on me. Mm. Huge. And so I can't burn that just because you're my boy. Or right. if I do and you burn me, I have to have stacked up enough chips that the burn won't hurt. Yeah. And, and right now and, I don't and, have and that many have chips. Have my flammable you know, suit ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing about that is it's, it's hard to stack your ships up if you're black because true. you don't get opportunity to like. I, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird catch twenty two because if no one's ever given that first opportunity, then no one can build up enough chips to be recommended. But if I give you the first opportunity and you burn me, right. then I'm losing chips on your behalf, and what am I getting out of it? Right. So. Again, it, it just says cultivate really talented friends because that's the easiest thing to, to right. get around this. But in this in this regard, one of the things I've noticed, and it's still so much of our conversation is about here's how they're doing things or not doing things. But every time I look up and the people who I respect in the industry, regardless of their gender, regardless of their persuasion, regardless of their skin color, whatever, the people I mostly respect are those people we always talk about. They tend to tend to be people who just fucking did something. Right. Right. I sat down and wrote my 10 books before my first breakout. Oh, my God, I'm the newest, latest thing. It's like, yeah, there's a little bit of a process to get to the newest, latest, you know. Um, 
there are things that can be done by people. We do these, I do these seminars mm -hmm. sometimes with Paul and mm -hmm. sometimes with different, about, generally about screenwriting. But there's so much like, tell me how to shortcut my way to success. <laughs> tell me how to shortcut my way to success. And I'm like, here's your shortcut. The technology by which films are made has trickled down to the point where a bunch of 12-year-olds can make a movie on their cell phones that is competitive with a movie made by a studio. How do we know? Even though they weren't 12, Tangerine was made on cell phones. Yes. Yep. And if you watch that movie and you think yeah. it's, it's anything other than a Hollywood movie, right. you're not watching enough movies. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, now, that's not whether you like the subject matter. Maybe it's mm -hmm. too racy for you, whatever. You don't like the humor. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now you're just talking about a movie. Right. It was made on cell phones, and you're talking about right. it like a movie. Right. They won. Yes. Okay. As long as, as if the technology is that trickle down... What are you bitching to me about? Right. <laughs> Make your show. Right. Make your show. I don't have enough money to do my giant space epic. Right. Who told you to go make a space epic? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking here's, about? Here's the thing. <laughs> and maybe, look, yours is a big, big epic, but we still found a way to make right. it. Right. There's but, a way. Yeah, but, right. but here's the thing. No one does a space epic as their first movie. Right. You're actually right. fucking up if you think that you should be <laughs> doing it. That's insane, right? Because Look at Bound, right? Bound with the Wachowskis, right? You see Bound, it's a great movie. It's mm. a... Ah, Gina Gershon. All right. Mm. I always... Any excuse to talk about Bound. A snack. All right. <laughs> Bound is a, a sort of an old school film noir pot boiler, where they used to call it pot boiler. One location, basically, small cast of characters. Right. It's essentially a stage play in a certain, in a certain construction. Um, the, they made one change. The, the, the story is the, uh, the, the, the bad kid who went to jail for getting in with the wrong crowd gets out of jail, but he's, he still kept his, uh, his, kept his mouth shut. So the organization's like, all right, he's a soldier. He can come back. We're going to hook him up, right? We're going to give him this job, not criminal. He doesn't want to be a criminal anymore. We're going to give him this job at this place. And then he runs into the hot-ass wife of the lo local mob boss. How hot was that? <laughs> Well, it's 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 Jennifer Tilly at the height of her powers. Oh yeah, um, so so, um, so they run into each other, and they um, they have instant crackle. Right. And except I'm married to Lethal Man, and you're trying to go straight. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. These these this whole uh, lust situation that's already we're we're, we're doing this, right. and they do, and they become a team. Um, in the old movie, it's a boy and a girl. In Bound, it's a girl and a girl, and that's that's it. They don't change any other aspect of this mm. and it doesn't really change the overall there's a little quick scene in a lesbian bar right which could just be a bar because the conversation is just oh it's you you know oh you're the person who fucks everybody right, right? right. yeah and you're the person I fucked and I didn't enjoy it so keep talking you know mm -hmm. like that but that's that's a conversation that anyone can have yeah. right and they go and do their show and it's a great little piece but it's a great little piece. It's not a great little lesbian piece. Mm -hmm. It's not a little great, oh, look at that cool twist they did. Mm -hmm. No, but it's well, just see, a great little piece. It, it, and then the next movie is The Matrix. Is the Matrix. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, so, I, I mean, something off. If you do it, something off. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, right. you, you know what? It's, yeah. I mean, even more of a little trick on that is, because uh, I think Bound was maybe like $3 million or something yeah, like that. They, but, but even more of a trick is Brick. Oh my God! Right, right, Brick, which right. was which is four hundred thousand dollars gold, and now he's getting ready to kill everyone's ass with a new Star Wars movie. You right. know, he's yes. like, I'm coming at it. You yes. know, but I mean, but but honestly, I feel like his like real, you know, like was Looper, which I was. I kind of think. I mean, if you look at if you, but it's like midway, right? If you it's look like at well, he's done anything since Looper. You know, true. But 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 the thing I'm saying is, if you look at Brick, you don't think that Looper is that's the same film. Like, like that's not the next movie. Right. Yeah, right. I'm not making right. that next. Right. Right. You know, 
But it's kind of like he, but but that's why. So like you said, you got to just go make the movie. You you have to go and do Look, the thing. There's you too know? much money involved on both ends of this. <laughs> if you really want to do it, get off your ass and do it. Right. There's no excuse not to. If you want to write, people are constantly. Yes, asking Sam. People well, you need to be writing a book, bitch. Well, hey, you. I wasn't. Who's you? Whoa, whoa. You need to stop jumping off with this because somebody's not what? sending their stories out for publication. Submission yes. is free. Submission is free. What? <laughs> Submission is free. Lisa well, has a story about brain wasps. Okay. Brain wasps. But Don't like, you want to see that? You can, you can create a movie. You can create a TV show. You can create a novel. You can create comic books. Yeah. You can create pretty much anything except a stage play right. almost by yourself. Right. Uh, and it doesn't cost, you could do all of that without the, you know, locations and shit, which you'd have to work out. Um, but the actual production stuff and the mm-hmm. writing and all that are under a hundred bucks. You don't have a hundred bucks to turn yourself into Steven Spielberg? Then stop talking. Go right. watch movies and enjoy them and collect some cans. be in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But <laughs> if you want to play, okay. if you want to play, you shouldn't be asking for permission to play. You should just play. Hey, that's right. what Ava DuVernay just got done saying a couple of weeks ago and just said basically, you know, do it. I want to make comics. Um, I have not been a good enough artist until I had a breakthrough this year where I could draw my own stuff. So I became a comic book writer. How did I do that? I met a kick-ass artist who's my best friend, and I wrote comic scripts, and he drew them. And people liked them, and we both started getting lots of work because of it. We didn't get paid. We couldn't afford each other, for one thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But we did everything. I did the lettering. I had to learn how to letter. I had to help him color because it was such a big job. So I had to learn how to do this thing called flatting, which is laying in the under of a comic book Mm. to to make it easier for the colorist, who was my friend who was really just a pencil and an anchor who had to learn how to really color yeah. all of this done in our off time after hours while we were doing real full-time day jobs he's got a toddler daughter right <laughs> like you don't have any excuse unless you're like a quadriplegic who just had an accident right. and even then i want to hear what the accident was <laughs> right, right? Right, right, um, right so all those people who are whining about i can't i can't or they won't let me stop talking no one's listening to you all the other people are like, they think there's a wall. I'm here right. to tell you there isn't one. I'm just about right. to launch my own homemade comic book line. You better get it. Okay. Ooh. And it's not because I'm a freaking genius. It's because I want to put my nose in that I grindstone. I want to put your stuff out there mm-hmm. and well, get it done. I mean, look, it's, you know, there's, this, there's always this conversation that, uh, you know, I was watching this movie the other day, Hearts of Darkness, about, about the making of Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's this conversation that I, I'd heard Francis Coppola say like way back when he was even doing Cotton Club. He was like, there's a moment when the technology to make your movie is going to get so cheap that it's not going to be a profession anymore. It's just going to be an art form. That's correct. And there's going to be, and he, he's this great quote, he's like, and there's going to be some 12-year-old girl in Ohio who's, <laughs> who's going to be the next Picasso. Right of this this film form. And he was saying this back in the early 80s okay. because it was right when VCR and home video cameras coming out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, this is like pulling it away. I think, th- you know, the thing that, like I said earlier, y- you know, don't make the, sp- the space epic first is that what, what, what everyone feels they need to do is the move, again, about what you were saying on, on Sam's earlier, Sam's thing earlier, the thing that drew you to this. Right. You know, I mean, people forget that like, Francis Coppola, he had won the 
Oscar for screenwriting Patton, and he had done Rain People before The Godfather. It's not The Godfather's his first thing. The Godfather made him. And it was a fight. The Godfather, was, the way it came out, yeah. we all think of that as just, that's just how movies made. Uh-uh. He had to, like, that was brutal warfare to get that movie yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like the reality is, every in every field, every corner of uh, of making art, there's a lot of artists and a lot of people creating stuff, and everybody is going to have to go through this. There's that Octavia Butler quote about everyone experiences savage rejection, mm-hmm. um, and if you're telling a story that's not a conventional story, or if you're from a community that's not the conventional community of who makes movies, um, it's, it's going to be that much harder. But you have to go through the shit. Like you're going to have to deal with the fact that it's a lot of rejection, a lot of work, um, and you create something amazing. Right, that's like step one. Right, great, you created something amazing. Sorry that it never, nothing ever happened with it. Right, Right. or that, or that it didn't do what you wanted it to. It's like it's like a a lot of shit that you have to go through that a lot of people are not prepared to do. I think you got to remember, we all know this. That's the weirdest thing. The one thing that all professionals in the arts share, whether we're dicks or not, whatever (laughs) our politics are, the one thing that we one hundred percent all share is that no is not no, no is not a stoppage, and failure is you being in the lab. Because everyone who gets anywhere, unless they're Gwyneth Paltrow and just had it handed to them, um, I know I keep hitting Gwyneth. I hit you, Gwyneth. I know. Now, I always caveat, you actually can really act, yes. Gwyneth. I give, you, I give you all props for your actual acting skills, but you know that shit was handed to you. Girl. You know that living next door to who you live next door to and who your parents were. right? Unless you're that. Unless you get that luck of the genetic lottery, you're working. It's work. But it's not insurmountable work. It's not like the difference between you and an Olympic athlete, yeah. right? A good portion of Olympic athleticism is genetic. You're not going to cross the gene wall. You're right. just not. You're not just going to become fast right. because right. you take right. steroids. Right. Right. Well, see, but <laughs> with this, a good the, the the ninety percent of it is work. Yeah. Right. Well, see, it's the work. It's 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 the thing that that Sam was saying earlier, and the, the is that you have to consume what you're doing a lot of because what I've seen with a lot of people is that you don't know when you're not good. Right. And the thing is, is that, and you you don't know when you're not good because you haven't looked at enough stuff. Mm -hmm. And the minute that you have like looked at enough scripts that you've, you know, and and the the, the worst thing to do is sit sit around watching movies because you watch movies and you're not trying to be like a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. then that's not helping you because the story of what got on the screen was on the page first. And you got to spend so much time like, like looking at what was written and figure out why yours isn't there. And, and, and the the person who's mediocre, who's never getting above that, you know, you know, who's in the bottom 85% is not, is not being real with themselves Mm -hmm. and they're not looking at enough material to say, this is where I'm like lacking because if you can, because if you can figure that out, you go, this is my script, this is their script and and, and just look at like how sentence was constructed. Then you can go, I'm not doing that. And they are, and they're working. I was just telling a writer the other day who came in here and I was, and they were like, well, how do I really start to figure this thing out? And I was like, you can start with simplicity. You don't have to study with like people like I've studied with. You don't have to go to UCLA and all this stuff. It's about reading and dissecting where we are, how they work, why. Why, why were you curious? Was, take a note of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be like, wow, why did they use that word instead of walk? Why did they slither? <laughs> you know, it's little things and like, oh, yeah. where you yeah. just figure out why did they do it and, and why do I keep wanting to, to turn the page? Right. And you'll start to answer the questions to yourself and you'll start to write that way too. 
the more you see it in good scripts and in good books and whatever it is you read, you can't put them down because they're executed so well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's also, well, it's also about finding community, right? Like when we went to Clarion, um, which is a six-week writing workshop with a different teacher every week, and some of them were like New York Times best-selling authors where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to learn from Cassandra Clare how to write a young adult novel. And I learned a lot from her. <laughs> but I also – the other folks who are in my class who are also like very you know beginner writers or at an early stage in their career, like – having that those kinds of friendships and relationships where you can bounce stuff off each other mm-hmm. and critique each other's work and sort of help you get better. Um, that's the kind of like, I don't know, I think a lot of times, especially writers, have a tendency to not celebrate community or not think of that as an essential part right, of the process, right. but it super, super is. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was just talking to, to somebody at the, I had to run the black meeting the other night at the Writers Guild. <clears throat> and um, a writer came in and uh, no, I saw a writer the next night at another event, and he, I was like, "Oh, we had the meeting last night." And he goes, "Oh, I didn't even know." And I'm like, "How long have you been in the guild?" He's like, six years." I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> I literally said this to him because <laughs> he see like, the look on his face. Because he said, "I really want to get involved," and I said, "Well, do you get the emails every every week?" Yeah, I think I get. I'm like, what do you mean? You think you get them? Everybody, you do or you don't. Everybody works their check asses your, off okay. to get into this guild, and they don't even fucking show up. They don't have any idea what's going on. And people always ask me why am I on so many different um, committees. I'm like, do you know the information that I know that you guys have no idea about? Right. You know what I'm talking about? Could you be in the chair? Right. You know what I mean? You get all this information that's behind the scenes. You understand how the rules work. You get, you know, it just. Well, I don't understand. See, well, see, that's the thing that I think is interesting. I mean, are you trying to get slapped? <laughs> <laughs> I you should have. Because, <laughs> see, that's the the thing about because because the whole the whole thing is institution. Right. Writers goes institution. The industry is institution. Is that there are there's just rules that happen, and and it, I think a lot of people feel that they can be mavericks because they're like it's art and art. I you know, I can break out and blah blah blah. You can. Right. You might not get any money because <laughs> you have to like play within the rules. I like that attitude though. To, I think to, to get the money. I mean, right. you in some way. Anyone who's an independent filmmaker is by definition a maverick, right? Because they have to figure a way to make the movie without the institution, right? That's the job. That's but, what we do, crazy. Right? Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Like, yeah. I got to find the money. I got to put. I got to do everything, and nobody's helping me. Right? There's no help here. Yeah. Right. But you're not trying to be a star filmmaker. You're trying to make the movies you want to make. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. I feel right because at the end of it, you'll look back on people's careers. Right. Mm-hmm. It happens with writers. It happens with everybody in the arts. Really, if they get anywhere, anything, anything that's recorded. People want to devour that. They'll go, oh, I found out about your first novel. Right. What other stuff have you written? And there's all this other crap they never heard of. Or, more likely, looked at, did not pick up, I don't know who the <laughs> fuck this person is, and kept moving it. Right. I was always with you. I was always with you. <laughs> right? No, you weren't. Shut up. Sit down. And you can't have any cake because you didn't help bake. <laughs> right? But... Right, but the idea is that um, make it. Um, that the, th- this process is a process, and there the motivation, the motivation for stardom makes you make different choices. Mm-hmm. Right, um, the motivation for I want to make my next project after this project completely different set of choices mm-hmm. and roles. Uh, you want to have the respect for your craft. So like, I'm amazed at how many people in our industry don't know anything about film history. <laughs> like, not just 
the history of individual <laughs> kinds of movies, but like Hollywood history. And I don't mean the, you know, uh, who was sleeping with who and who was secretly a commie. I, I mean, mean like, you know, like, literally I how mean, it got constructed. That, like, burns my britches to the biggest more because I'm kind of like, I mean, like, I remember, Film snob. <laughs> I just remember one time I went to the, I saw a movie with some people at the Cinerama Dome and they were like, oh, I've never been here before. And I was like, Aren't you from what? LA? <laughs> Aren't you from LA? But you've been no, but these are people who've been in town for like five, ten years and they've never been to the Cinerama Dome. And I'm kinda like They don't have the curiosity to go. And I'm kinda like, now I I get it, it's different now because when I first came it was just the standalone. It was just the dome. dome. Right. It was just a standalone theater. Right. And now it's just part of the arc light. But what it wasn't, uh, but like I remember I, I, like when I was a kid, I was I'd watch movies, and, and there's only a few movies that were Cinerama movies, but that would come up there, and, I, and it was such an interesting kind of logo, and I was like, "What the fuck right. is Cinerama?" Right. And right. Then, what does that even mean? What does it even mean? Because yeah. you know, and I and so when I came out here, and that and that logo was still in the theater, I was like, "Oh, I gotta go fucking see what this is." Right. And it's such a different type of theater, but I was like, "But you know what? That doesn't interest anybody, I don't think." But I realized that. That's that, my favorite theater, actually. It, it is. It's, it's a great favorite. theater. Yeah. I mean, but I realized that that is what a lot of under is like, particularly films. Like people don't make movies, or they do make movies based upon what's come before, you know. So that's where you have to kind of like know what's happening and, mm-hmm. and what's happened and why things have happened. And and you talk about careers. I mean, I was talking about something the other day. We were talking about. You know, there's an article that John Carpenter wrote recently that he was saying if he came out today, <laughs> he wouldn't have a career. Yeah. You know, and, That's true. Yeah. You, you know, what? And, and my friend was like, well, I think he would, but. But the question we should ask is, if he never came out, what would happen? In, what would happen in the indie space? And I was like, yeah, you know, the thing about John Carpenter is. John Carpenter probably wouldn't have a career because he jumped around from genre, he jumped around yeah. from film to right. film, yeah. you know, afterwards. And his contemporaries like Wes Craven and Toby Hooper, right. they, they stayed right. in horror, and right. he didn't. And I think that, but the thing that was cool about John Carpenter is, you know, like those movies he made, like, you know, Escape from New York and mm-hmm. Assault on PC-13 and mm-hmm. Starman, those things all kind of kicked off their own set of knockoffs. Right, you yeah. You know, which is really cool. If you go, oh, you know, like he was the, the th- and the thing I think the thing was the first movie I ever saw that had that kind of down ending. You need to have some yeah. reverence for that There's when you no, speak, young man. <laughs> There's no version of the thing that is not good. Right. The original thing, the 50s right. thing oh, is good. I've seen um, that. The remake is good. Actually, the prequel story. thing is good. No, no, no. Uh, I've, yeah, I like no. the prequel. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But he I've writes seen, his own music. Yeah, he, his own for, movies. he scores his own movies. But like, not the thing, because that was Ennio Morricone. Right. Who, who did that. But, but the only good thing to come from The Hateful Eight was that he finally won a fucking Oscar. That's true. But the thing is, but, 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 see, but see, now see, that's another example. Who is Ennio Morricone? He's the you know he's, exactly. he, he's the score of the you know the seminal westerns that we all kind of love. Right, I mean, because right. we, we all kind of think about westerns now, uh, post like Clint Eastwood's that's period. That's a whole right. other you know. Other podcast. What what is an actual? What Western? is? I almost got kicked out of a film school class, or, or, or an actual film, but my art school that I was in, because I was like, no, Silverado is not a freaking way. <laughs> Damn. And the guy was like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I know you're the professor. No, no, no. Silverado is a pastiche. Go look it up. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. yeah. Well, like, uh, uh, that's that funny. Note. On that note, uh, really quick, I'm going to shout out to uh, Jordan Peele, who showed up to Tanana Reeve class at UCLA. Get out. Uh, if you didn't see I the tweeted. thing, because, uh, you know, Tanana Reeve 
Hey, Tanana Reeve, hey, one of my favorite people, one show. of my favorite people's uh, science fiction writer, fantasy writer, horror writer. She teaches a class at UCLA on horror. And Jordan Peele was so slick. He came in the back. He had a hoodie and he came in the back of the class. And so they had just shown Get Out and they were having a question and answer period. And so he raised his hand. She says, you, uh, person in the back. And he asked the question and people like wigged what? Out. Fell out. So she took pictures and posted it up. So if you had a chance to go see it, go to Tana Reeve Dew's um, timeline and go check out those pictures. So kudos to, to Jordan for going out there and hanging out. Um, kudos for Sam. Jay yeah. Miller, yeah, baby, for being for here again. Me. Sam, what's the name of your book again? The Art of Starving. Check it out, y'all. That's all you're gonna say about it? The Art of Starving. Harper Teen. It's not my episode. Oh. <laughs> but you're here. You're, you're family. Here. I won't yours. You can no, jump no. In. It's the Art of Starving. His his debut novel. You need to get it. And as he told you, this is like the seventh. Was the seventh book he wrote? You know, and first one that's getting like this big is getting a lot of really great reviews. Please check it out. Um, crossing my fingers that it gets optioned because the short, at least the short line pitch, me and Hillary short, it's, it's the new Carrie. Gay Carrie. Gary Carrie. It's the Gay Carrie movie. So I'm what? just telling you, it's, um, it's, it's, please. And, and, and when she it happens, let me be one. Of, don't let me die, though. <laughs> okay? They went that away. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Lisa's line. They yeah. went that away. They went that away. That's all I want. Do not look at me. Go after them. Where I go, they, where, the, where, don't they do that in animation okay. somewhere? <laughs> Wait, where can they find you, Sam? My cabbages. I'm uh, samjmiller.com, at sentencebetter on Twitter, at uh, dot Sam dot J dot Miller on Instagram. What about you, Chris? Who you is and where can we find you? I am uh, at unauthorized CBD on Twitter and on Instagram. And Why is there time I forget that part? And I, try, I always forget the letters and stuff trying to get in. And sometimes I just be like, I just got to spill his regular name this out and try to find. <laughs> sometimes I forget, but it's unauthorized. Unauthorized. That's the problem. Yes. I always put authorized and I forget it's unauthorized. Yes. Yes. My bad. What about you? Because I don't want to say official or no shit like that. Yeah. Just say, you know what? <laughs> you can always find me on Twitter. I'm a Twitter fan. You can find me on Saturdays, most Saturdays, under the hashtag of Saturday Night Sci-Fi, uh, following around the host of that, uh, Geek Soul Brother. We What's did, that, We did... Um, uh, Deep Blue Sea last night. Yeah, you guys oh, are yeah. hysterical. And uh, I, I hate that movie. I was it's terrible. For, I was That's rooting why? for the sharks. Right. I got secondhand embarrassment from El Cujay's character. I felt like the parrot. I felt like the parrot should just been a chicken on his shoulder. Secondhand embarrassment. From I get second. Yes. Shark is so Damn. smart. It knows how to operate an oven. <laughs> right. There is There's only scene. one that good scene in that movie, and it's what? When Sam gets his yes. feet cut off. Oh, yeah. That's yes, the that only is good amazing. scene in that movie. That's like hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right in the middle of his monologue. Ice moves like it has a mind. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at, Jeffrey Thorne? Uh, I'm at jeffreythorne.com, shockingly enough. Uh, and I'm Game of Thorns on Twitter. And I am Thorn Game on Instagram because <laughs> somebody else following them. Some asshole <laughs> took Game of Thorns. Really? Not really. I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying stuff. But I'm Game of Thorns on uh, on. Um, and Twitter when and, and when is your new thing? Your new joint dropping? Uh, at some point in the 2018, you will see Black Panther's Quest on Disney XD. Yes. Uh, buckle up. Hopefully, they'll be ready um, Black History Month at least. I, I I literally outside the scope of my 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 duties. That is a marketing dear, decision. Dear Marvel, <laughs> man, I'm tr- I'm Marvel, if you want to make this money, <laughs> I'm trying to t- I'm, I'm trying to help you. y'all. You better ride them black, black blackness around the planet. Yes, <laughs> 
Next year is the blackity black year. They have to be. Yeah. You still, you still, you're February my brother. Sam, you're my brother from it's another mother. It's the black mother, singularity so is going to happen next year. It's the black singularity is about to go down next year. It's about to happen. I now. hope. I hope so. I, I, I Now if you say it out loud too much, I'm like worried the other forces will like No, no, no. But We're putting good thoughts I'm going to tell you something. You know, it's interesting, which I read just real quick. I read yesterday. Do you know there's a new, well, they said it was a new threat target with the FBI called Black Identity Extremists. There's no such thing as that. I read that. There's no such thing as that. There's black no Black Identity, identity Extremists. Ex- yeah. But I will extremists. say, but that's I know. Up. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's saw, the new, it's it's, what is it? It's COINTELPRO 5.0. Yeah, that, that that made 2017. Like threat level? No. But I will admit really? that my blackness is very extreme at times, <laughs> and I identify it with it wholeheartedly. Well, they, they follow, you need <laughs> to follow when you're that, That's because you weren't born with oh, the no, no, dial that the rest look, of us have, where we they, can turn look, it up and down. Look, they've been like, following me since 1989. Down, like, I'm just letting y'all know. Down to one, and it's it's like a, a Scatman Carruthers type of blackness. See, I messed then, up. Uh, I messed up in 1989 <laughs> when I went to the bookstore and I bought. With the credit card, the anarchist cookbook. I was just doing it for exploratory oh, yeah. reasons. So I already know from 1980 and I'm already on the list. How y'all doing? Well, I, I bought mine in cash. Why would you spend it? I made a mistake. You, yeah. I didn't. I had spent my money on food and then I went, I was working at a bookstore at the time and I Did went Did you get the paper I, trip? Did you ever read the paper trip? No. Uh, being a kid from Berkeley, at least one of the times that mm-hmm. I was in this country, uh, there's, a, there's a series of books that used to exist called the paper trip. It's about how to fake a new identity. Damn. Volumes one through three. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're was, on that list. I was detained by the Secret Service <laughs> during the Republican National Convention. In Get out! So I think that's how, that's how I got on. Merit yeah. badge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, please, on leverage? Yes. This, just our research? We're definitely all of us on the... <laughs> there's stuff we can break into. There were crimes we made up that were brand new. Right. That... Our criminals, our ex-criminals that were on our, um, what do you call it, our uh, expert list, right. we called to ask, can this be done? One of them was like, uh, yeah. Um, you might not want to. <laughs> you don't want to publicize that one. Right. And we were like, what? Because we were just a bunch of writers. And they're like, that's real. And guys I know, if they saw that, would make it work. So do not do it exactly <laughs> that way. Do it another way. Because okay. that's a new crime. You've, Damn. you've succeeded so another, in creating another a new reason crime. For, another reason for me to go back and watch my favorite old episodes of Leverage and find out this Always shit. Always really watch Leverage. Leverage? Yes. Always watch the Leverage. Le- and listen, the Leverage fandom, they, they roll hard. I'm just like Grifters! Yes. That's bizarre. And That's where are you bizarre. at? And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. Stop trying Hilliard to do Guess. your national public radio voice. <laughs> 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 you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, follow us. On on Facebook, we have a Facebook page. I never promote that shit. Um, what else? What else? What else? What is it going? What five star metrics? Oh, five star. Right. <laughs> Please give us a five star review on on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you were you out there. Live, Apple. You need to do a live stage version of this show. We're talking about doing it next year. I want to do it um, at Sundance next year at um at Stanford University. There's a there's a big black. I got peeps up there. I can. I, I don't need a. I don't need a hotel. I can come up and join okay. you if you want. Well, let you yes. Know. All right, we'll do it. Oh, that's um, shenanigans. We should never go live in public in front of the live studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> we should do it. We should do it. Because no, I'll be listening to the read. Maybe I'm like, say, we, we should be done. Let's be done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let me think. Anyway, so anyway, a lot of shit's going on. So it's going to be a good year. Things are turning around. Um, congrats, Jeff. We're really proud of you, man. Yeah. I, I really hope I'm everyone just likes you. it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. It's definitely secondary, at least, to what Marvel's doing with the movie. But we got our own little thing going. Um, uh, It is not just a sort of um, kid version of the movie and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It is its own thing. 
and I hope everyone can appreciate that and right. dig it because I'm putting my guts into this thing. Cool, nice. Last thing I'm gonna say, shout out to Paul Gio out there, hey, rocking and rolling on out there on NCIS, New Orleans, Gumbo Pot. <laughs> <laughs> get it, Paul. Get it, Paul. Again, I apologize for having the hand grenade drink and walking across the street because when y'all were taping your episode, and I'm like, that's Paul's TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Scott Bakula over there? <laughs> Sam, you're still jumping. <laughs> when will you get home, Sam? <laughs> so everybody joining me for y'all know what to do. So on this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. Wakanda. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, they used to bowl a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the rent room.